Welcome to another edition of the official Jets podcast. Ethan Greenberg, Garrick Allen here in the BetMGM studio back from Green Bay, Wisconsin, where the Jets, unfortunately, sustained a handful of injuries that we're going to actually start with. Figured, you know, get the bad news out of the way first, then end on a positive note because the Jets are 2-0 in the preseason. Zach Wilson continues to look good. So let's start with joint practices chronologically here. The big news out of joint practices was unfortunate because Carl Lawson is done for the year with a ruptured Achilles. Yeah, you feel really bad for the person. I agree with Robert Sala. Uh, and he was a man on a mission throughout the summer. I thought he was the best jet on the field throughout training camp. Every day he was getting to the quarterback, and everybody talks about his explosiveness. Yes, he can beat you off the edge, but he can beat you inside as well. Such a strong and powerful man. He became a three-down player last year in Cincinnati. 20 career sacks in 51 games, but over the last two seasons, we talked about it for months, that Lawson had as many quarterback hits as any defensive lineman in the National Football League, and the Jets had such high hopes and high aspirations for him. Um, it was just a tough blow, crushing blow. You were actually there on the sideline because the way the practices worked each day was Jets offense going against Packers defense on one field, not on an adjacent field, Packers offense going against Jets defense. So what did you see? I didn't on the play. I didn't see him get hurt because Aaron Rodgers, that play started rolling, right? So I'm watching Rodgers. I'm trying to see who he's throwing the ball to, what the coverage looks like, whatever. Then all of a sudden you see a jet down and you start taking almost like attendance on the sideline. You're like, okay, there's Foley, there's Quinnen, there's John Franklin Myers. And I'm like, uh-oh, like I, I don't see Carl Lawson on the sideline. And then when he rolled over and the car started coming out, you're like, oh God, like it's, you know, worst case scenario. And it's never good when anyone gets hurt, but when you get carted off, you, you know that the severity, you know, it's a different level when the cart comes out. Yeah, and if, again, this is a guy who said that he felt unleashed, unchained in this defense. He was going to be the perfect fit for Robert Sala and Jeff Albrecht, running the 4-3, creating chaos up front. And then he's going to be paired with Quinn and Williams, Sheldon Rankins, Fuller Rudson, Fadakasti, Nathan Shepard, Jonathan Marshall, guys like that on the inside. And where were the quarterbacks going to step up here in 2021? And it just uh, on paper, it looked to be a good signing. But then what we saw on the practice field throughout the summer was this had an opportunity to be an unbelievable signing. He had never had a 10-sack uh, season in his career. I would have said that would have been a low bar for Carl Lawson entering uh, the campaign coming up. Look, I don't know what Carl Lawson looked like in practice as a Bengal, but as a Jet, he was everywhere. He was in the backfield on pass plays. He was in the backfield on run plays. He was a relentless pursuit player. And I think you really, not only do you feel bad for the person, but it hurts a little more, I think, when you sign somebody like Carl Lawson in free agency at a premium position, and he doesn't even play a single regular season snap for the new team. Well, I hope people got a chance to watch one Jets drive because you got a sense of how hard this guy works and how much he loves his profession and how good he wants to be. So with all those things being said, 
mark my words, Carl Lawson is going to do everything he can to return to being even a better player because his work ethic's just unmatched. He wants it. He wants to be great at this profession. And he um, seems to be so positive too. Yeah. And he went to Instagram after the injury, after it was announced, he was going, going to be missing the season. And his teammates said that too. I think Fadakasi said after the game, we we're in the news conference room there in green Bay. And he said, Carl doesn't want us to feel sorry for him. And Sala said, the train does not stop. The train does not stop in the National Football League. So now this is an opportunity for somebody else to come in and step up. You don't replace a loss in one for one. We're not saying that. But if anyone knows how to take a couple injuries on defense and still field a very good unit, it's Salah. Look at what he did last year in San Francisco. Yeah, it's a great point. And unfortunately, that same day, Sheldon Rankins, Denzel Mims, both now day-to-day -day with hip and knee injuries. But those two guys got banged up. And then you fast forward to the game. I feel like this is going to be an extended podcast because we have so much to get to. Yeah, so. it, it was, I mean, it was a week's worth, right? But it was also like, you know, it was a little extra juice. But in the game then, Jared Davis gets carted off the field. Connor McDermott gets carted off the field. We're recording this Monday mid-morning, and Robert Sala has already told the media that Jared Davis expected to return around the bye week, which is week six for the Jets. So yeah. that's an extended period of time. But the good news is that it's not season-ending like Lawson. McDermott, still no timetable. It sounded like that he was evaluating his options, you know, and for we don't know what that means, but it sounds like, you know, could that be rehab could it be surgery it sounds like you're still mulling over decisions or at least Connor mcdermott is yeah that's the one thing you don't want to see anytime especially in the summer when you're getting ready for the season is the cart coming out so we saw the cart coming out for carl lawson then we saw the cart coming out for zane lewis a converted cornerback who was playing safety who had a number of interceptions in team drills that happened during uh special teams work at the end of thursday's practice lawson's Injury was at the beginning of practice. Then in the first half against the Packers, you see Davis go down and a cart come out. And then finally, late in that first half, McDermott goes down and the cart comes out. The Jets saw that way too much uh, here this week. Uh, here last week is the days just are stringing together right now. But uh, Davis is going to be a veteran presence there on the middle with uh, C.J. Mosley and Aaron Rodgers was halfway joking about it when he said that Davis has the hardest head in the National Football League. He's a thumper. He's a guy who really was looking at this to restart his career after playing four seasons with the Detroit Lions, and he was going to be that veteran presence in the middle alongside C.J. Mosley. So now he goes out, and a rookie steps into his shoes. Yeah, so week one against the Carolina Panthers could seemingly be CJ Mosley and two rookies, mm. Jamie and Sherwood and, and Hamza Naz, Hamza Nasraldeen, Hamza Nasraldeen. <laughs> and this past weekend, Noah Dawkins got burned with the first team. So he, I think that's going to be an interesting spot because in the beginning, Nasraldeen started with the ones like in the beginning of camp, like from day one, and then Dawkins got some runs. So That'll be interesting, but it sure seems that Jamie Sherwood is passing whatever tests 
behind closed doors with flying colors because we saw an OTAs, right? That was only a couple months after he was drafted. He was already calling the, the defense with the second team. Yeah. Uh, Jets love Sherwood. You hear Sala talk about him. I had an opportunity to speak to Jeff Albrick about him. He just has great command of the defense. You typically don't hear coaches speak about rookies that way. And I don't know if it caught your ears like it did mine, but Sala obviously loves Fred Warner. Now, when he was asked about Sherwood today, the reporter did not bring up Warner's name. The guy who brought up Warner's name today was Robert Sala. Yeah, that says a lot. He also said he's got a long way to go. Oh, he does. I, and I'm not putting unrealistic expectations yeah. on him. I'm just saying is that that coaching staff is really excited about, yes, the instincts, the length, the physicality, but also the smarts, the intelligence, what he's grasping so far. Yeah, I think that it's going to be – I think Sherwood's it's going to be fun to see him running with the first team, assuming that he's going to step in there, which Robert Sala said. He will. So we'll see what happens over the next week when the Eagles come here to Florham Park. And, you know, let's talk about Zach Wilson's week, starting with the joint practices and then finishing with the game. Day one felt like, you know, maybe the Jets were a little sluggish, you know, travel, right? The Packers championship roster, all that good stuff. Day two of joint practices definitely felt like the Jets kicked it up a notch. Yeah, I think that's fair. Listen, Michael Fleur was asked about the offensive line. He said, basically that they have to be better in pass protection. Um, and, and he was very frank about that. He talked about it on Thursday. He thought the pass protection was better on Thursday than it was Wednesday. So that's backing up your point there. Uh, Wilson, I know the media, I think this is a tough job because we're out there every day too. We don't chart sacks. We we write it down as would-be sacks. We try to tell people if they're in that area. It, it's really hard to get a – 100% accuracy chart. Mm -hmm. um, with that being said, the Packers were bringing a lot of pressure on Wilson on day one. I thought uh, day one, he closed with a good two-minute drill that included an incomplete pass to Keelan Cole down the sideline, which was a beautiful ball. Mm -hmm. And he made a couple good decisions and good throws in that Wednesday practice. Then the Thursday practice, you're right. I thought him and Corey Davis – they flashed and they continue to show a great chemistry here in the early going. And then that two minute drill was tremendous on day two because Wilson missed Davis down the sideline, shook it off and then come back later is flushed out of the pocket and hits Braxton Berrios on a long touchdown. Yeah, that was really cool. It was cool to see the progression from day one to day two, particularly in that two minute period. And also with the jets defense, uh, same thing day one, Two-minute defense, lets up a touchdown to Aaron Rodgers. Day two, Jared Davis, blanket coverage on Alan Lazard and kind of pops the ball up in the air, and Sherrod Neesman was right there to take it down. So I, I thought it was a, a good – it was good to see that the Jets improved from day one to day two, but it, by all accounts, it seems like that work was invaluable for – for both sides, really, and really for the Jets, because you think about the youth of this team, we've talked about it a lot, to go up against a team that's gone to back-to-back -back NFC championships in the Packers, I mean, it's a championship roster. That's what Salah said. I mean, you saw it, but it's good experience nonetheless, especially when you consider the, the relationship between Robert Salah and Matt LaFleur, Matt LaFleur and Mike LaFleur, that 
they all scripted the practices together. Like, oh, we need to see this look. We need to see that look. Can you send this? Can you do that? So it seems like the work on both sides was really invaluable. Uh, I totally agree on that. Uh, for the Jets, they got to see different systems, you know, especially this young roster, especially this young quarterback. And so you're playing – you're practicing against against a team that won 13 games last year, that won 13 games the year before. That, for my money, should have beat Tampa in the NFC Championship game. Hey, listen, you got to put them away, but they did not put them away there at home. They will be in contention for a championship again this year. Uh, I mean, we can speak about Aaron Rodgers later, but just for anybody defensively going against Rodgers, even our practice situation, that forces you to make quicker decisions, to get better, to be on your P's and Q's every down. Otherwise, that guy's just going to embarrass you. That's how good he is. And then, uh, you know, we go back to the other side of the ball. I don't think the Packers' defense gets enough credit, maybe nationally, because Rodgers is so good. He's like, Rodgers one of the best players ever in the National Football League, in the history of the National Football League. What he did last year was just off the charts amazing um but the packers got some big time dudes defensively they do uh, i and a lot of them didn't play obviously in the preseason yeah but games. we saw them in the practice yeah i was in practice practice i mean they're they're good players you get the smiths unrelated to each other preston and zadarius that's right you got kenny clark who didn't practice you got jair alexander Adrian Amos has been one of the top safeties or a very good performer, probably an underrated performer the past couple of years. You like Darnell Savage. So I, I think that there that team does have a lot of talent on the defensive side of the ball, but you're right. When you have Aaron Rodgers and you have Devontae Adams, you're obviously going to get overshadowed. And Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon in his second year, who we saw in the preseason game, is a very tough man to bring down because he's just he's huge. Yeah. He's huge. And also Aaron Rodgers, I just want to say, like, as a football fan, it's pretty sick watching him throw a ball in practice. Just want to put that out there. <laughs> Listen, the guy's a maestro. Uh, he's just so calm in a pocket. Uh, he knows what you're trying to do defensively, how you're trying to attack. I like what he said about Salah and Albrick afterwards. He didn't bring up Albrick by name, but he said the Jets are giving me different looks defensively different pressures. Sometimes the safety's coming, uh, just changing things up. So he liked that because in 2019, Rogers was very vocal about not liking the Houston Texans joint practices with the Packers. In fact, he articulated that in his news conference last week saying, Hey, listen, I remember doing a red zone drill against the Texans and they were dropping an eight. And then he said, if you look at my career, most people don't have a lot of success dropping eight against me in the red zone. <laughs> yeah, Aaron Rodgers did not like that joint practice <laughs> at all. But he did say he liked this one. Yeah. And he found this one to be a little more um, beneficial. Yeah, I guess that's the word to use. And, and you know, let, let's bring this back to Zach Wilson in the game because while the Packers did not dress 32 players – Right, there, there's gonna, I thought the press box announcer was never going to stop. Yeah, it was crazy. It was almost like he was going through the roster. Yes, number fifty-five, <laughs> Zadarius Smith. Uh, number fifty-six, ha, blah blah blah, fifty-seven. It was crazy, but it you know it took up a little bit of time. And after he got through the thirty-two players, then what happened was the Jets and Packers actually played football. And Zach Wilson, I think, 
I would say he looked better this game than he did the first game against the Giants, but you liked what you saw against the Giants, really liked what you saw against the Packers, and he got a lot of recognition nationally on Twitter. And there's also, you know, that group of people, oh, you're playing against the second team. It's the Packers, third and seventh stringers, like whatever. And I asked Corey Davis about it after the game, who had a very nice, you know, four series in his second preseason game as well. And he said, look, we can control what we can control. And then he said, uh, he said some, he called Zach Wilson young gun. Yeah. He said, young guns, a good player, a really good player. And I think that that connection was evident as well. Asala said it at the game, it's professional football. And, and then the other thing that he talked about today during the conference call was that you guys, the media would be torturing him if he did not play well. Yeah. So, the bottom line is anytime you go out there, get an opportunity to play in other team, professional players in game-like conditions, it is valuable. And let's just grade him for what he's done, not who's been out there. Mm -hmm. In six possessions, the Jets have scored four times. Against the Packers, Wilson had four drives. He led the Jets to scoring possessions or scoring uh, scores on three of those possessions, two of those being touchdowns, 18 yarders to Tyler Croft. I think, again, he's doing this without, can we talk about a couple of the starters who weren't on the field for the Jets? No doubt. Okay. The Jets really like those rookies, Elijah Vera Tucker and wide receiver Elijah Moore. The two Elijahs, Elijah squared. So I think this offense is going to look a little bit different when those two are on the field offensively for you. I mean, uh, those, those are two big pieces. Uh, Great point. You know, so I love what is happening with him and Davis because you're seeing the third down conversions, right? Third and long in that first drive, he goes over the middle to Davis for a big chunk gainer. Third and two, short, backpedals, backpedals. Davis springs free, hits some conversion. Mm -hmm. Then I thought the play of the game – if you're a Wilson fan, if you're a Jet admirer, was his throw to uh, Corey down the sideline at the end of the first quarter. No doubt. And Aaron Rodgers was asked about that during the telecast. Listening to Aaron Rodgers break that down in real time, was like, it's pretty cool. And he, he talked about that, that, was one, that when he and Zach Wilson talked like in practice and at halftime of the game, before the game, that was one of the things that he said to Wilson. is like, you know, your footwork's going to have to be on point because, you know, one – before, you know, your offensive line needs time to gel. So with Rodgers, he's been there a long time. That offensive line's been intact. You know, I know they lost Corey Lindsley and Bakhtiari's not healthy yet, but Rodgers was saying for Wilson, what he talked about was, you know, you got to get your footwork in, in a good spot and, you know, if you got to have that clock when you can roll out, boom, and that's what we saw on that play to Corey Davis. So a, a, lot, of, a lot of talk has obviously been made of Zach Wilson's performance. Understood. Second overall pick, performed well, deep quarterback class. Everyone wants to compare notes, right? How does Justin Fields play? How does Trevor Lawrence play? How does Mac Jones play? How does Trey Lance play? I get it. How about some players that we haven't talked about wow. that we think? You're done with Wilson yeah. already, huh? Yeah, I mean, you know, we'll see what uh, – well, I'm not done in the mm. podcast. We'll talk about the Eagles in a little bit. Okay. Yeah. But what I wanted to do was talk about the game. Was there anybody else in practice that you think deserves attention? Because I think – that the safeties, Sherrod Neesman and JT Hassel, both those guys might deserve a little more attention than they're getting. Well, 
Jets were banged up at safety during the week because we talked about the aforementioned Zane Lewis going down. LaMarcus Joyner dealing with the back injury. Ashton Davis has not practiced all summer. The Jets are hoping to get him back early in the regular season. So that means opportunities in that defensive backfield alongside Marcus May with the aforementioned Sherrod Neesman and JT Hassel. Hassel started that turnover fest in the second half, or takeaway fest, I should say, with that force that they did not have the right call on the field, but fortunately we have replay and <laughs> Sherwood came up with the recovery. Yeah. That's what you want to see. And then uh Neesman had an interception of Rogers in a two minute drill and Rogers had five interceptions last year, which is absurd. Great coverage on the play by David's like you mentioned before, but uh listen for the Jets this week, I think, or that week with Green Bay, it really helped them take a look at what they have at the safety position because they were challenged by their depth. Yeah, absolutely. I, I thought, I think JT Hassel's like he had the date back to last year, he blocked a punt for the Jets in his short stint with the team. Right. And then in OTAs, we were like, man, JT Hassel's like kind of making plays. Like, yeah. let's see what happens when the pads come on. The pads have come on, and it sure seems like. He's had a quietly nice camp. He's got a good way about him too. I got, had a chance to talk to him after the game, and he's just he's just got a, a a good way about him. And you talk about special teams contribution. I'm glad you brought that up because when you start looking down the roster, who's going to cement a spot? Most of these guys got to give you something on special teams. Speaking of special teams, we did not talk about Matt Amendola yet. Pistols firing. The pistol was firing, and he. <laughs> Look, you said it before that he had a chance to put a stranglehold on the kicking, kicking competition. Jets have one kicker on the roster. That's Amendola. I would assume after a performance like he had against the Packers when he won, makes a 54-yard field goal, both extra points, makes two more field goals. He was responsible for 11 of the Jets' 23 points. Maybe. There's some trust now building between him and Brant Boyer and the rest of the team. Obviously, we'll see what happens over the course of this next week against the Eagles, but definitely off to a good start good for point. Matt Amendola. Good point. Stack up the days, right? For him, it's just going out there on the practice field, performing well against Philadelphia. And if he has a solid week and then kicks well under the lights at MetLife, you got to figure this guy right now as a hell of an opportunity to be the week one kicker in Carolina, right? I would assume so. And he has a monster leg. The 54-yard field goal, it wasn't good. It was good. Like, How long do you think that would have been good from? 64? That's what I tweeted. Yeah. I, I would say that you see 64. Yeah, he, he has a monster leg. I mean, when you interviewed Brant Boyer, what do you say? He has elite leg strength? I mean, and also you think about the benefit of someone like that on kickoffs you essentially eliminate any chance of a kick return, assuming the weather's not inclement. Yeah, you had a good point. Like the first, I think his first kickoff went through the end zone, and then it seemed like on the second one, Boyer told him to directionally kick it. Mm. Um, but he has a powerful leg, so that can help you as far as coverage-wise, because he can kick it out of the end zone. And then also, if you're able to get a kicker in here who's not only accurate, but can giving an opportunity from 50 plus that kind of changes that the dynamic of things. Yeah. I think the last time the jets had somebody like that was Jason Myers, right? It was like, Oh, we're in, in the 50 yard range. Let's go. Like, Hey, here comes Jason Myers and 
you know, let, let's give it a shot where you see throughout the league, if you know, if you don't have trust in a kicker or even like just for example, on the other side of the field from the Jets, the Packers, Mason Crosby, it's not known for having a monster leg. He's known for being a, an extremely good kicker. But, you know, if you're out of range, you're not out of range with Matt Amendola unless you're like, you know, way back 65 plus. Yeah, I would say that's fair. So if we're looking at Carolina and this is a regular day out there in September, let's say it's 80 degrees or 78 and the wind isn't crazy. I don't know, 55 and in. It, let's say it's fourth and long, fourth and five or whatever, and it's 55, you might roll them out there. Yeah, absolutely. I think that we'll know how confident the staff is over the next couple of weeks. Big week for him. And yeah. he excelled in week one of his tryouts. Basically a tryout. Once they re released Nagar, it was your chance, kid. Well, he's put his best foot forward so far. That is a good way to <laughs> talk about what's coming down the pike not the turnpike. You like that? Uh, well, yeah. I, well, I didn't the, even mean to do that. So, well, they're coming up the pike. Yeah. All right. Whatever. <laughs> you know, there's a little play on words. So, the Eagles coming to Florham Park now for another week of joint practices. And I think this is another, you know, let's stick with Amendola here for a minute. If he has the same week that he had in Green Bay and then during the game, Good, you know, like you said, he's a good opportunity to be the week one kicker. Hmm. If he has a shaky week, well, remember, there are a lot of kickers that are going to get cut from their respective teams next week after the game when all NFL rosters will go from 80 to 53. So let's just put that out there. But in terms of for the Jets, what do you hope to, that happens? What do you hope to see from this offense, this defense, whatever? Like, what are your general over? What's your general overview? of what's to come against the Eagles. Well, I'm hoping Jalen Hurts is ready to go and be uh, going to be able to practice because, uh, you know, Joe Flacco's coming back here to one oh, yeah. drive after a year here, backing up uh, Sam Darnold. With that being said, you always want to face the top competition of the opponent. But for me, I would go to the first string just a little bit here. We saw Quinton Williams get a few snaps, a few reps Thursday in Green Bay. Robert Sala said he's going to be ramped up a little bit this week. So I'm looking forward to seeing the big guy in the middle. The Jets lose Carl Lawson, but Quinn and Williams is coming back. And we haven't had the ability to see too much of number 95 so far this summer. So I think that's really I'm, – I'm not going to be watching the ball as much when he's out there. I want to see how he looks. I want to see how Devontae Smith looks, right? Yeah, uh, yeah uh, because – the Jets had a real tough test last week against the Packers receiving core. Yes, that's highlighted by Devontae Adams. He's an animal. Marquez Valdez-Scantling I thought was pretty good, and Alan Lazard was solid in practice. I think the, the Eagles receiving core, obviously Devontae Smith a part of that. How about somebody like uh, Jalen Rager, year two, right? He's got speed. So how does the Jets secondary look against them? Also, if Elijah Moore does practice, I mean, it's like, the SEC's finest at the pros, right between Devontae Smith and Elijah Moore, the Heisman Trophy winner. And Elijah Moore had crazy numbers before he opted out of the 2020 season. So that's something I, I'm interested to see. And how about it, my buddy Chris McPherson over at the Eagles? We were talking about the practices coming up, and he said it was a shame about Lawson going down because they wanted to see him matched up with 
their big left tackle over there. Jordan, help me out. Milata? I, yep, Jordan Milata. Um, so they yeah. love him. <laughs> they love him in Philadelphia. But even though Lawson's not there, now who's going to step up in his place? So we can come full circle here is that Bryce Hoff, two sacks last year, two sacks first week in the preseason. Um, he got some run on the outside. Vinny Curry, the former Eagle, won't be out there on the mm -hmm. practice field. Uh, Kyle Phillips as well. Uh, Ronnie Blair's banged up. He got banged up during the game again. So, And then there are reports out there that Jets are exploring the trademark as far as the pass rushers are concerned. You know who's one name that I've seen circulating on Twitter? Eagle, Derek Barnett. How about that? So that, that's just something to Know, keep an eye on that. Yeah. Uh, listen, when a guy goes down, this is natural. People well, just start course. looking for pass rushers out there, you know? So well, I, I think I, I Joe, think... Joe Douglas is always going to look at how he can improve his roster. Um, I also think that you don't make a desperate move and he won't. That's just not the way he does it. Absolutely. And I think the other popular name that's been thrown out there is Chandler Jones because Jones reportedly wants to be out of, Arizona for whatever reason. I think part of that is financial situation. Right. So I think I think a lot of people say, oh, well, you know, he wants out. The Jets need, you know, the Jets may want a pass rusher with Carl Lawson gone. There you go. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I think it is a great point, though. Joe Douglas is not one to overpay, whether that be in draft capital, whether that be in dollars. So, you know, just like free agency, I think they're going to have an approach. They're going to have a they're going to survey the lay of the land and say, these are the guys we'll target. Here's what we're willing to give. If you're not willing to meet that, well, we'll talk to you later and have a nice day. Right. You always got to explore. That's the other benefit of joint practices that I think might fly under the radar is that when you're looking at improving your roster, you're going to be thin in some areas where other teams have great depth. Well, your personnel staff just went to Green Bay and an opportunity to look at the Packers up and down their roster, not just watching them from afar, but actually watching them in team drills mm -hmm. two days. That's happening with Philadelphia coming up as well. So don't be surprised if the Jets ultimately pick up one Packer, one Eagle. That's not out of the realm of possibility. I think that's great, too, because you get an up-close and personal look at some of the guys – that you're playing against and practicing against. So there's a lot of, you know, as there's a lot still to happen here, right? As the Jets have two joint practices with the Eagles and then a game on Friday that concludes the preseason. And we'll continue to break it down right here on the official Jets podcast. You got something else before we uh, wrap up here? No, Mulata's a monster. And Makai Beckton, Beckton, a monster left tackle. So we'll see two of the biggest left tackles in the National Football League this week. That's a good point. And that's all we have on this edition of the official Jets podcast. We'll talk to you next week.